You know, it wasn't too long ago we had to carry water from a well. But thanks to progress, we've got a pump right here in the kitchen. We're going to bring ghosts from all over the world, but we haven't got the ghosts in there yet. We're out collecting the ghosts. Kindly watch your step, please. W. my friends, and welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I'm your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 444, and I'm here to help you have the best possible Disney vacation experience and bring you a little bit of Disney magic with this podcast, videos, blog, live broadcasts every Wednesday on Facebook, books, audio tours, special events, and more. You can find everything over at www.radio.com. So this week, I invite you to please join me at the dinner table for a live review of Boatwright's Dining Hall at Disney's Port Orleans Riverside Resort. We sample the menu, as in the cocktail, appetizer, entree, and dessert menus, plural, and see how these flavors from the South compare to the real New Orleans. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week, and pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Then stay tuned to the end of the show because I'm going to have more information about an upcoming very special new WW Radio event coming in 2017 and another on-the-road event coming up in just a few weeks. I'll then play some of your recent voicemails, so sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. Months ago, we did an on-the-road event that I will never forget in uh, New Orleans, Louisiana, and it very quickly became, I think, really my favorite city in the United States, and that's saying a lot, and, and there's so much that I fell in love with, including the food and the people and the music and the atmosphere and the food and the cocktails and, of course, the food, and ever since we've come back, we did a show talking about the connections between Disney and New Orleans even beyond the resorts at Walt Disney World and New Orleans Square and Disneyland, but some of the connections between Walt and, and some of the people. But since I've come back, um, I've been thinking and really missing the people and the food, and I think it's time that we compare apples to apples, but I think we compare jambalaya to jambalaya, some crawfish to crawfish, and maybe some sazeracs to some sazeracs. So if you can hear from the atmosphere behind me, we are sitting in Boatwright's Dining Hall, the home of fine food and spirits at Port Orleans Riverside Resort. And tonight I am joined by uh, a, a family and friends who really are more like family, but family first so they don't get mad at me. Uh, joining me again is Deanna, Nicholas, and Marion. Welcome, guys. Hi. My name is Jeff. Hi. 
So, very quickly, how much did we love New Orleans, right? The entire weekend was really special, and when I say special, the, your mind first goes to food, right? Yeah. What was the favorite thing you had in New Orleans? Um, I think the red beans and rice that we had. And, nice. the, crawf- and the crawfish. And the crawfish. What about you, Nicholas? Cafe Dumont. Nice. Barbecued shrimp. But it's not truly like barbecued shrimp. The sauce you want to bathe in. At Mr. B's, right? Mr. B's was pretty epic. But And tonight, um, we have two friends who really are like family. You've heard one of them, I think, on the show before, talking a little bit of history, talking a little bit of food. He is Ryan P. Wilson Matua of Main Street Gazette fame. How's it going? And for the first time, and hopefully not the last, she is... The beauty behind the beast, the brains behind the brawn. She is Mrs. Aileen Matua. Hello. So I am so excited to be here. Ryan, before we even get into the menu, and I know you guys are hangry, but I promise we'll get into it. This is one of the restaurants that I think is really overlooked by a lot of people. I think this is one of, we talked about this in the past, I think one of the best themed resorts and when I think people, we talk about theming in restaurants, our minds go to places like Jock Lindsay's, we go to Skipper Canteen, we go to um, Coral Reef maybe. But I think this is one of the not only most well-themed restaurants, but one that has a really true backstory to it. No, you're absolutely right. It's one of those things where we, we think so often about River Roost when we think of Riverside. Everyone's coming there for that. They're hitting their mill because it's, it's the kinetic water wheel. But there's a real story here about how the boat is created and why it's in this place. And all the different rooms have a purpose here. Yeah, and obviously the first thing that you see as soon as you walk in is uh, you can't help but look up and see the unfinished keel um, that is under construction. And you're right. And I had actually forgotten that there was, unlike a lot of places, there is actually the story of boat rights written on the wall in words and in pictures. And talking about how uh, on a hot day in August at the Brewer's Dauntless Shipyard, um, the the craftsmen were actually completing a boat before it was finished. And it was the, the, with the idea of boat rights in mind, the imaginers at Walt Disney World... Uh, they obtained drawings from the Smithsonian of a 46-foot lugger ship, and the Brewer's Shipyard was commissioned to start the ship, <clears throat> but not finish it. You know, they wanted to create one of these sturdy wooden war- watercrafts um, that would have brought cotton up and down the Mississippi rivers. So when you look up, you see this very turn-of-the-century, not just ship, but a boat shop, and I love all the craftsman tools that you can find, uh, the attention to detail is second to none. And there's multiple rooms. Like, we're in the room now with the fireplace, a lot of uh, nautical memorabilia. But even if you look up, you know, you see the exposed beams. It makes you feel like you are in uh, a warehouse or a workhouse. And there's even, uh, you know, over by the, the doors leading outside, there is a... Um, a ladder leading up to sort of a storage area with all kinds of boxes and crates. But every wall is adorned not just with shipbuilding tools, but they look like they're worn. They look like they're weathered. Like this place has really been here for a long time. You have the wooden angles for measuring. You have different size saws for different pieces, all the different winches that you would need. And it was great. You know, the story of the boat being created, you have, they didn't know when they were going to be asked to stop. So they created the ship as if they were creating it. And Boat Rights is set truly in a Boat Rights 
shipbuilding uh, yard. And so there's a dock outside as you go out that they would have used to help lower the ships out. You have blueprints on some of the walls. The fireplace keep it warm. But yeah, there's exposed beams. You have the brick and the you know, you know exposed on some of the wall where clearly a boat has been moved in and out and and taking some of the plaster with it. So it just it, every corner has a story in here. And the the, the sign with the photos uh, of the ship actually being built makes reference. And I think this is the only place I can remember seeing it here. It makes reference to the original name of Port Orleans Riverside, which is, kids? Nothing. Port like, Orleans Riverside? I think I know it. If, dude, if you know this, I will buy you a Ferrari. Wait, oh, wait a minute. We have a hand up. Dixie Landing. I can tell that you are married to Ryan P. Wilson, but too. <laughs> did you know that, or did he give you the whole history on the car right over here? Um, I was given the history many years ago the first time we stayed here, word for word for many hours. And it was just, you're just look at, you're looking at him so longingly, like that's what sealed the deal. That's when you looked at him and like, yeah, I need this for the rest of my life. Exactly. Actually, I really like learning about history, so I guess I'm kind of a nerd too. Nice. Well, you are at a table among a fellow nerds, and I think that's why uh, your husband and I have been such good friends over the years. But look, we know why we're here. We need to start digging into the menu. And I am super excited because I kid you not, when we went to New Orleans, every meal we had was exceptional. The food is so good. It's so rich. It's so flavorful. And I'm hoping that we can find some of those flavors here and see just how they compare. Uh, Obviously, the, the, the theming here is different. The menu here is different than what you might find over at French Quarter. But Boatwright's is the only sit-down restaurant in the French Quarter and uh, Riverside resorts. Before we get into the, the food, let's back up a little bit. Let's hit some of the drinks because if you've been to New Orleans, you know it's a town. They do like their parties. They celebrate basically, hey, it's Thursday. Let's have a party. That's the way they do it. And they are famous for a number of cocktails. The Hurricane uh, on, from Bourbon Street is uh, world-renowned, and I was introduced for the first time to what is known as the the very first cocktail, the original cocktail known as the Sazerac, which they have on their specialty cocktail menu. I don't know if I've seen this anywhere else in Walt Disney World. Uh, The way it's made here is with uh, Belit Rye, small batch American whiskey, agave nectar, and Peshad, which is the right bitters you're supposed to to learn, to, to use, I learned that. And a splash of Pernod. We're going over, Stephanie, who was our lovely uh, server this evening, we are going over the cocktail menu. So we just came back uh, from New Orleans a few weeks ago, and I was introduced to the Sazerac. How do you think your, oh, you're nodding, like, how do you think your Sazerac holds up to real, like, Big Easy? It, it's one of our best sellers. Um, a lot of people love it. It's definitely a different type of drink that you have to have a certain taste for. It's not like your normal cocktail on the rocks. Yeah. But uh, people say it's amazing, especially coming from New Orleans. So. It's um, it's a man's drink. Like it is, it is, it is truly a man's drink. So I probably shouldn't be allowed to order one, but I will. So <laughs> I have to do a Sazerac. Um, I have no other choice. And forgive me, ladies, for going first. I know I sort of jumped the gun. Um, let's go, ladies, first. Marion has a mouthful of cornbread. You're my daughter. I love that about you. Go ahead. I would like a Moscow Mule, please. Nice. Served in the traditional copper mug. Nice. I dig it. Miss Aileen? I'm going to do the beer flight. Nice. 
which is all of the Abita brewery beers that they have on draft here. Okay, sweet. I, I recognize the name from New Orleans. Have to check on the beer flight. If you're having a CO2 problem, oh, I hate when that happens. The shift, they might have fixed it by now, but I'll check on the flight. Mr. Wilson, I'm going to go with the Sazerac as well. Nice, attaboy. Nicholas, are you going to have a Southern Hurricane? Actually, yes. As a matter of fact, I am. <laughs> no, he's going to have a non-alcoholic beverage. I'm going to see some... The Sparkling Nojito. Sparkling Nojito. I like that. boy. Can I have the same thing, please? Same thing. Same thing. Very nice. Okay. Excellent. Any questions on the menu? Um, not yet, but I will ask you, what is your favorite thing on the menu? My favorite thing on the menu is the traditional shrimp and grits. Uh, it's our deep cell shrimp and grits. It's in a white wine cream sauce. has mushrooms, peppers, onions, our cheesy grits, and rock shrimp. You had me at cheesy grits, so I, I just stopped. You You sounded like Charlie Brown's teacher after that because I just... That's so good. Yeah. Nice. That right. and the catfish. Oh, interesting. The jambalaya is our signature oh. dish. That's the Sweet Georgia Brown. You better believe I'm all about the jambalaya. Awesome. I'll get the drink started. I'll let you look over the menu. Great. Thank you. So this is actually, um, it's, it's a one-page menu, but there's a lot on here. Let's go through the appetizers because there's seven. And there's kernel pieces, pieces, crawfish, shrimp, oysters, and okra in a crispy cornmeal batter with traditional remoulade. All in favor? Yes. Yes. I. Aye. Aye. Amelia salad is a spinach salad with seasonal ingredients. A uh, salad. That's a waste of time. French onion soup au gratin with the Gruyere cheese, onion, and roasted croutons, and a rich beef broth. Um, I dig me some uh, some soup, but um, but you know what? I went right past that to the Mardi Gras fritters. House-made pimento cheese fritters with pepper jelly. Oklahoma. You better believe we're getting that. Crescent City gumbo. Chicken andouille sausage slow-cooked. Uh, yes, you had me a gumbo. Um, pierogue platter, meats and oh, I love me some meats and cheeses, with house-made accompaniments and a Cajun Bayou chopped salad, and, uh, lettuce, salami, provolone, and tomatoes. So I'm thinking pieces, pieces, some fritters and um, a gumbo with eleven spoons. What say you? I'm in. Count me in. Anything else? I think that sounds great. Done and done. Did I miss anything? Nope. No, because I want to dig into the cornbread because I love me some corn. Yeah, before it's all gone, you vultures, like, pounced on it. It's very good. You like the cornbread? It's not that I don't believe you, Nicholas, but I'm, oh, I see, it's nice and thick, mm-hmm. and it's warm. And fluffy. And, oh, and warm and fluffy, just like you, Nicholas. Yay. Let me see. Not that I don't believe you, but. And the cornbread is Nicholas's favorite in the whole world. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So the thing that's different about this cornbread is that it is sweet, as opposed to a lot of cornbread, especially up north, is much less sweet. It doesn't have a lot of sugar in it. So this is almost cake-like, as opposed to some of the more crumbly cornbread you'd have. I like the texture. I like the consistency a lot. There's also a bunch of cornbreads that you'll find around here that are a little um, little spicier. You know, you'll find it at places like House of Blues. Uh, I think the one in... Know why I want to say the cornbread that is at Whispering Canyon may have a little bit of spice. It has corn kernels, oh, which makes it healthy. If you can see the vegetable, it's a little bit spicy. Little bit spicy. I like me a little bit of, and like a lot of the food in New Orleans, a lot of it has a little bit of spice, a little bit of heat. You'll find that a lot of the food that we found there either had the spice already in it or you found hot sauce 
everywhere. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, appetizers, brunch, dinner. You, there was, there was, uh, <laughs> we ate a lot when we were in New Orleans. What can I tell you? But let's get into the uh, let's get into the entrees. And there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ten different entrees here. There's the General Fulton's prime rib, the Big Easy, which is a ten ounce grilled New York strip with peppercorn cream and craw. <gasps> Crawfish mac and cheese. And also, on the menu, you can add crawfish mac and cheese or crab imperial to any entree. O-M-G. Nicholas, thank you for noticing that because that's going to change the game for me. I'm Uh, smart. (laughs) Cajun Bayou Catfish. Sustainable, andouille, crusted U.S. catfish with Louisiana rice, cayenne butter sauce, and chai violi. $22. $22. The Louisiana Lugger, our sweet tea brine pork chop with collard greens, red beans, and rice. We've had that before. That's a nice piece of meat right there. Pontchartrain pasta is sautéed shrimp with andouille sausage, sweet corn, bell peppers, onions, and light cream sauce. Voodoo chicken. I just dig the name, Marion. Crispy battered chicken breast with fluffy gold. Ooh, what, the, the waffles aren't just golden, but they're fluffy golden with maple. Wait a minute. It has maple bacon sauce. Deep South Shrimp and Grits, Jackson Square Etouffee, which is crawfish simmered in a rich seafood sauce over rice, Boatwright's Jambalaya, and Turbo Dog Barbecued Ribs. So, Marion Rose, do you know what you're getting yet? Yes, I'm going to get the Shrimp and Grits. Good. And you know that you're sitting right next to me, so you're getting some of the Shrimp and Grits. I will be sharing that with you. If you can get it before it's all gone. <laughs> and, Nicholas, you're getting the uh, you're getting the Big Easy? Yes, and it's huge. Deanna? I am getting the catfish. Awesome. I am so excited getting the catfish because that opens me up for the jambalaya. So, Wilson, you you just lost your spot. There's no jambalaya left. I am also getting the shrimp and grits. Marion and I are going to compete with that. That's nice because Ryan's sitting next to me. He's sitting next to you. That's enough for everybody to share. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I'm going to go with the Louisiana lugger. I am am ecstatic that we're all getting something different um, because I am going to get the jambalaya. And we probably just need to add a crawfish mac and cheese to an entree so we can say, I mean, I think it would be I'm just wrong. Well, that, we're going to share yours, but we'll taste the other one, too. Yeah. I want to make sure there's enough for everybody. So, I mean, just a quick glance. This menu, very unique to this location. I mean, you, know, you don't find these items anywhere else. I absolutely agree, and I think that it's a really good representation of what you would actually see in Louisiana and especially in New Orleans. Yeah, I mean, these are all things that we found on a lot of the menus on the 27 places that we ate in the three days that we were there. Well, the other thing is that there also are sides. So if you're not getting the Louisiana rice or the red beans and rice or the southern greens, and there's also seasonal vegetables, if you're not getting it in your actual entree, you could add them on for whatever you need. I, I like this a lot. I'm really excited for this meal. And I really like how sometimes uh, Disney restaurants, they can all have kind of the same food, but this is really different because it has things that are more almost cultural and, like, different from any other restaurant. And and that's one of the things that, you know, we talk about why you need to go and visit some of the other resorts that maybe you wouldn't go to if you're not staying there. I think this becomes a destination restaurant because the food is so... Look, you can get a steak anywhere. You can get a pasta. You can get chicken anywhere. You can't find these items anywhere else. Yes, you cannot find these anywhere else except in New Orleans. Nice. They're extremely authentic to the New Orleans cuisine. 
which is so different than any other restaurant on property. So therefore, it's a, it's actually a destination restaurant. The other thing that they, um, when they gave us our menus that I had never seen before, is known as the Best of the Bayou. It's a collection of Boatwright's featured flavors on a uh, price-fixed tasting menu organized by the chef's team at Port Orleans Resort. So the appetizer is the crab bruschetta, creamy crab imperial on crispy baguette with mixed greens and orange vinaigrette. The French onion soup. The entree is the pepper-crusted beef tenderloin medallions served on crawfish mac and cheese with red wine demi-glace and dessert. Wait for it. Red velvet cheesecake with bourbon vanilla ice cream. $58.99 for the fixed price menu. So that's nice, too. I mean, it's a really nice sampling. And if we were probably to compare, if you put all those things together, it's probably actually a good value, too, because you're getting the appetizer, soup, entree, and dessert. The entrees here seem to range in price from about $19 to the highest being the prime rib or the Big Easy, about $34, $35. All the appetizer, all the appetizers range from about $7 to $11. And the sides are all uh, $5 each. I'm excited. I'm excited. I am too. What's not to be excited about? So have you guys ever been to New Orleans before? I've been there quite a few times. Um, and every time I go, I think it, the food is just amazing. And something that I always remember as part of my vacation. So, Yeah, I mean, New Orleans is a... If you're a foodie... Like, that is the place to go. And I wasn't kidding that there really always does seem to be a celebration, a party. We need to go back for Mardi Gras just to sort of experience what that is like. But, uh, Aileen, you were talking about the fact that they have all the um, the different beers, and they have a lot of the Abita Brewing Company beers here, which are located just north of New Orleans. So I know when we were there, a lot of the beer drinkers and the craft beer drinkers were specifically asking for the Abita Brew. Yeah, Abita has been around for a while, and it was actually one of the microbreweries that ended up being distributed pretty widely um, pretty early on. And so um, a lot of people all over the country know about it. Um, my personal favorite is the Turbo Dog because I like dark beer. Um, but what they have is the Abita Amber here. They have the Purple Haze, which is actually a wheat beer that um, is brewed with raspberries. And then um, they're, I don't know much about their lager, but the Turbo Dog, in my opinion, is their dark beer. It's Almost like a stout, um, not as smooth as Guinness, but similar. And the other thing I noticed on the specialty cocktail menu, and obviously they have the regular full cocktail menu as well, they have the Ramos Fizz, which includes Hendrix gin, fresh lemon and lime juice, half half and half, orange flavor, orange flower water, agave nectar, nectar topped with soda water, contains pasteurized egg whites. Interesting. I have never heard of that or tried that before, but I might have to just for research purposes. So a lot of fizzes have that egg white usually in there. That's okay. like top of it. So um, it seems like a fairly traditional fizz, uh, you know, done with their flair to it here. And the hurricane, the, the dark rum, the crystal rum, the tropical juices with a float of southern comfort. One thing I forgot to tell you about uh, the beer is that the beer flight that they offer here is actually the only place that you could get those three Abita beers and the only place you could do a beer flight for them. So I think that's, like, right off the bat, that's the big takeaway is if you think that you've tried it all, this is a place to come to really get things that you can't get anywhere else. All right, ladies and gentlemen, and I use that term loosely to use sitting around the table, our beverages just arrived. Let's start off first with cheers. 
And it's always good to be surrounded by family and friends, including you, the listener, who I wish was sitting with us virtually in real life at this table. So Ryan and I got our Sazeracs. Um, it's served in a um, in sort of a rocks glass, but really with no ice. There's no ice in here. There is a, um, a rind, an, an orange rind in it, and um, it has a... It has a very orange color to it. So some of the ones I've seen in New Orleans were a little bit darker, but it's got that very distinct smell of the bitters. Yeah, you definitely have that like back hitting the back of your throat kind of smell even when yeah. you you get there. All right, let's give this uh, let's give this a try. Mmm. See, so I'm not normally a whiskey and bitters person and obviously sometimes it's, it's normally made with rye sometimes it's also made with cognac which makes it a little bit smoother but that's actually pretty good yeah it's really good I'm, and, and I, I like bourbon and my whiskey you know, those yeah. are the things that I go after and this is yeah this is right up there at the tops of those drinks um, I tried probably <laughs> for research purposes only probably four or five different venues different locations when I was in New Orleans and that is um, that is Stephanie, we are so ready. Okay. We are ecstatic. Listen, you might want to phone ahead to the kitchen just, <laughs> just to let them know what's coming. Okay. We're going to start off with the pieces, Colonel's Pieces, Pieces, please. Okay. A Mardi Gras fritter because it's always Mardi Gras in New Orleans. And what else? The gumbo, please, with six spoons. Okay. And then do you guys like to order? Okay, can I have the shrimp and grits, please? Shrimp and grits, of course. Can I please have the Big Easy, please? Big Easy? What temperature would you like your steak cooked? Medium rare, please. Medium rare. Big Easy for Big Daddy. That a boy. And wait, weren't you going to get something? Uh, oh, it comes with the crawfish mac and cheese, right? Yeah. I'm going to go by your recommendation. I'm going to get the catfish. Okay, catfish. I am also doing the shrimp and grits. And we're only allowing that so that there's enough to share. <laughs> I'll do the Louisiana lugger. Now, the shrimp and grits, you can do a barbecue style or traditional style. Oh, do you want to try Yahtzee. Of course we do. So I'll do one traditional and one barbecue. Oh, Stephanie, you are like the best ever. And how did you want your pork chop? Like a medium? Uh, medium, yeah. And for you? Jambalaya. Jambalaya. Please. I listen, I like a little kick. And wait, but wait, there's more. Because how could we not get the crawfish mac and cheese? Do you want another side of the crawfish mac Please. and cheese. Please. On the extra barbecue? Yeah. Nice. Great. Thank you so much. I'll come back with the flight as soon as it's ready. How do you like the drink so far? I, we love our Sazeracs. Sazeracs, soon to be plural, but yes, we enjoy our Sazeracs. Thank you. So the first thing that she brought out in terms of appetizers is the gumbo. And I think you can, the sign of a good gumbo is when you can smell it before you even see it. Nicholas can't even wait. So it's a... Um, where are you going with my gumbo? What? What is going on here? Listen, when it comes to food, it's not women and children first. <laughs> we all have a spoon of that. Everybody just dig in. So it is a very um, it is a very hearty, chunky gumbo. I see bits of okra 
and shrimp in there. Marin, do you want some? No? That's good. More for us. Mmm. Oh. Oh, I like that. Oh, yeah. So there's a, there is a little bit of heat to it, which, I, which I'm happy about. And I think it's like, you know, with that heat, the more you eat, the more it builds. And you get that great, you know, just heat from it. And then you have the meat, the okra. It's, it sets it all off. Yeah. So you said the more you eat, the more the heat? The more you eat, the more the heat. I don't believe you. I'm going to have to try another spoonful. Keep, keep, keep digging. Um, yeah, it is a little bit spicy. I think uh, it is not as thick as some gumbos that I've had. Um, it probably doesn't have a roux in it because they did uh, okra instead. Um, and usually that's the difference between different types of gumbo. You're right. The second bite, mm-hmm. there's a lot more heat on the palate. I definitely like the okra ch- touch. It's delicious. Um, that... Um, it did not last very long. We should we could have actually had six portions instead of just one. Guys, dig in. Don't be shy because it'll be gone. Mm. Yeah, I wouldn't have actually. I wouldn't have minded. There was a little bit of rice in the middle. I wouldn't have minded a little layer of rice underneath too. A little bit more rice would have made a little bit of a heartier, uh, a little heartier soup. But I'm happy that there's heat on it. And you didn't have to worry about going in to add additional hot sauce. Yeah, that's actually, to me, more important than anything, is I want to make sure that the flavor of a soup that I'm going to get, especially at Disney, which doesn't always have the highest level of flavor, um, was really great here. And I appreciate that they don't, um, excuse the term, dumb it down so much so. Because sometimes, look, you have to appeal to a, a very wide spectrum of palates. So sometimes you don't want to make it hot. You give people the opportunity to uh, add some heat on their own. So I'm happy that, that you still feel a little bit of that spice right in there. And I know the jambalaya is going to be the same way. It was very good because I ate most of it, and I was very starving. So do you remember the gumbo we had when we first got there and the gumbo we had at, at places like... Um, uh, Drago's. How do you think this gumbo compares to some of the other gumbos that you had? Um, one specifically that stood out was one at Stanley's. Um, I thought that was so good, and the one here was very similar. Yeah. Stanley was that was our first meal we had there. We had good gumbo, red beans and rice, and those oyster po'boys. Ay, Dios mio. Audi 5,000. That's that's good stuff. <laughs> oyster po'boy. On the really good, like the soft with bread with a little bit of crust on the outside. I'm looking at Ryan Longley like I'm, I'm drooling as I'm thinking about it. <laughs> and that's some, I will tell you, that is something that is very hard to replicate outside of New Orleans is a really good po' boy because it is the perfect storm of the right bread and the fresh oysters, the right kind of breading on the fry and all the little... Accoutrements. And the romulade sauce they put on there, like that is like key. Like it's the sauces that. And a little bit of everything has a sauce. Everything has a sauce, and I'm not usually a saucy person. I'm a saucy girl, but I'm not a saucy person. Don't get saucy with me, Bernays. <laughs> what movie? What movie? Oh, our friendship is hanging by a very delicate thread. Don't get saucy with me, Bernays. You, you know this? Oh, we did clearly by the by the empty plate. We did. Oh, hello. I, I, 
Mardi Gras. Oh. And here are pieces. Wait, no touchy till photos. You know the rules. Are we all done with the gumbo? Uh, Nicholas, you want to lick the bowl? No. <laughs> Thought about it. Everything else going okay? So, Stephanie, we, we dug the gumbo. It had a nice little bit of heat on it. Um, it had a, a really good consistency to it. So we're really happy that it had a little bit of the spice and the heat on the back end. It's nice. Yeah, that's really Everything else looks great. Thank you. This is a um, this is a delicate balance between trying to take pictures and keep everybody else's grub. Would you keep your grubby hands out of the food before we photograph it? What is Aileen doing? She's she's slicing. There's only four of the. Right, two for me, two for you. I understand, but there's four other people who seem to think that they get something of it. I don't know. We didn't even get to take a picture of it though. Now have to. uh, We're gonna have to order more then. All right, so let's. This is the um, Colonel pieces. Pieces. This is a, a, a. I mean, this is a big honking plate of fried. Um, what is it? Shrimp and oysters and. and we should have kept the menu. And what else is it? And it's all. You can see the seasoning, like the the Creole sauce, like Creole seasoning all over it, and a remoulade sauce. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, that's nice, guys. You're not gonna, Marion. You won't like this. Don't bother trying this. This is not good. This is no good. I'm a, don't get listen. Don't. Mm. So that's really good. The remoulade sauce is nice. Again, a little bit of spice to it, but not overpowering. It's really tender, and it's the, the thing that you're always concerned when you order fried food is that it can be greasy, and this doesn't taste greasy at all. Thoughts, Wilson, as you stuff your face. It's delicious. <laughs> oh, man down. I'll take that one. Thoughts? Okay, so the oysters are delicious. The ramilad sauce adds a nice texture to the spiciness of the oyster. They're a little bit salty, but they're so succulent and yummy. Mm. Nicholas, what do you think? Amazing. This is really nice. What I love is that you have okra in here, and it's not over-fried. Like when you think about fried okra, it's usually mm-hmm. totally covered in a bread casing. It's not. You can still see the, the okra through it. It just has a nice you know, thin coating of it, and then you dip it in the, the sauce, and you're ready to go. Yeah, it's a very light fry yeah. on these, too. Yeah. So you're actually getting the flavor of the vegetables and the seafood as opposed to just eating a lot of... And that's... You know, we're talking about po' boys. That's what you get a lot is sometimes you mask... The, maybe the quality of the shrimp and the oysters and the fry, and you don't you don't not doing that here. Oh, thank, thank you. you, thank, thank you very you. much. I also thought that it was a. I actually am not a huge fan of fried food, and um, I liked all of the seafood, especially. But I also, I believe, the other fish was clams, and the clams were not too rubbery or anything like that, um, which can sometimes happen when you have fried clams. So the other item, I looked away for a second and they're almost gone. These are the pimento cheese balls with the red pepper jam. There is literally nothing left except the, I better get my fork in there before it's all gone. You vultures. You're right, Ryan. How do we, why did we invite all these people? Solo next time. We'll just do a one-on-one. Mmm. Mmm. Uh-huh. What? So we literally all just looked at each other like a double take of surprise. That's not what I was expecting at all. 
So they are pimento cheese, uh, and they are little fried balls that also have pepper jelly um, in the bottom that you can dip them in. So there's a little bit of spice in the pimento cheese with uh, a sweet pepper jelly um, to put them on. Yes, when we say pepper jelly, it's not peppercorn. It's red pepper finely diced in... um, Almost like a honey or or like agave. Like a glaze, yeah. 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 That was not the flavor. Listen... It, you know, boil it down to its elements. It's fried cheese. How bad could it possibly? But it was very light. It was a pimento cheese, so it's slightly different. <gasps> Stephanie, that's so good. Somebody ate all of our food, though. Yeah. Let's <laughs> be a little mouse. We turned away, and it was gone. Yeah, I know. There's a little part of there's a little part of Lou Mangello that's saying order one more of those. But is that going to be too much food? Yeah, food. Oh, don't be the voice of reason. <laughs> I hate the voice of There's reason. There's still dessert, too, though. Oh, uh, there is. Is this finished here? You want me to grab this out of the way? Um, yeah, it, it looks post-apocalyptic, so you should probably taste... Take, I, you know what? Yeah, hold on. One, one little more. I'm actually eating the red jelly, the red pepper jelly just on a fork. Yeah, I was using my gumbo spoon for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. You're so smart, Ryan Wilson. Thank you. Everything else is working for you guys, okay? Yeah, everything else is awesome. Thank you. Wow. Those little cheese balls are nice. So the nice thing was the creaminess of that cheese, too. Once the texture got into your mouth, it was very cheesy and delicious. Fried cheese. How bad could that possibly be? And it's healthy because it has vegetable. It's got peppers in it, so it's a vegetable. Well, the other, thing, the other thing we need to consider is we didn't wait that long for that at all. I mean, we're here on a busy Friday night, yep. and we did not wait long at all for all that to get here. All right, so of the three appetizers, and not look, not that you have to choose. Um, obviously, two of it, well, everything was shareable because we made it shareable. Nichols, what was your favorite of the three? Because since you ate more than anybody else. The gumbo. Gumbo? Those decadent fried oysters. The pimento cheese. Can I just say I hate this game because I want I like all of it? Um, the gumbo. Yeah, I think I would probably go gumbo. Man. Then the cheese with the, pep- with the pepper jelly. Man. I know, but I love... I'll make your decision easier. Pieces, pieces. Come on. Pieces. You, so you like it just for the... Na- but the, you know what, too? There was, a lot, there was a lot of pieces in the pieces. There was a lot of food in there. That was a, good appetizer. That was a great appetizer to share yeah. with a family. Yeah, yeah. Because there was a lot on there. I'm sorry. Define that wording. What did you say? Sh- share, yeah. share. Share. Not. What we do with our family? Not, our family can share. She She's looking at me like you're supposed to share, Mangello. Exactly. That's why I don't travel with them that often. <laughs> so as she brought the food out, my screams of wait, wait. We need to photograph it and then wait, wait until we start recording. Fell on deaf ears because all of you are almost done already. I'm going to go, um, I'll go just around the horn. Marion, you got the regular shrimp and grits, which that is a mammoth portion of shrimp. Like, that's enough for two people, especially considering, you know, shrimp and grits is a very rich meal. How is that? Tell me about some of the flavors that you're feeling in there. Um, well, it's really, really creamy. They have this, like, sauce, like, literally, like, it's, like, drenched in this creamy sauce with the amazing grits at the bottom. And it has some mushrooms, some green peppers. 
All right, let's talk. Move your uh, move your little hand out of the way. Let me just give this a try. So there are some giant pieces of shrimp in here, lots of vegetables in a um, in a sauce that's not overly thick, cre- a cream sauce. Mmm. I didn't get any grits. Hold on a second. Mmm. Wow. That's very rich. Really cream. Wow, it's got a lot of different depths of flavors. And what's nice, too, there's a lot of different textures in there, right? So you've got the soft creaminess of the grits, a little bit of crunch in the shrimp, and then the nice textures of the vegetable. There's a lot of, a lot of depth. Wow. There's a lot of depth of flavor in there. So, Eileen, you got the um, the barbecue shrimp and grits, obviously in a, uh, a darker, richer, reddish-brown sauce. Yeah, so this sauce, it definitely is not barbecue sauce. So if that's what you think you're ordering, it's not. Um, what it is is sort of a spicy tomato sauce um, that has a lot of flavor. It's a little bit spicy. It's definitely not as creamy as Marion's shrimp and grits. Although the grits underneath are cheesy, so they have some cheese added to them. So that part is creamy. You know, I'm hearing the words coming out of your mouth, but I'm really not understanding what it is that you mean. So let me just... Ryan, get out of my way. Excuse me one second. Let me just... Mmm. Wow. It's a... Um, that's a completely different... Uh, absolutely, it's, it's like you're ordering two very different dishes. Very different dishes. Uh, you're right, it's a much thinner. Oh, I just got a little bit of Oh, uh, yeah, I like, oh, right in the back of the palate. That little bit of heat is really, really nice. Oh, I don't know which one I like more. You need to try each other's so you can try the different flavors. Uh, Dr. Wilson? Yeah, so the pork chop, it's... The, the plate is, is massive. You have a great, really thick, center-cut pork chop. The You have greens and a ton of red beans and rice. Um, I've only taken one bite of the pork chop, but it's very juicy. It's all sealed in there. There's a great, like, apple chutney on top that, that just seals the deal. So it's a it's a thick pork chop, right? And usually, I mean, that's... It's a good... I mean, it's... That is almost your entire pinky. <laughs> it's almost my yeah. It's my second knuckle. So I mean, you look at that inch and a half or so. Yeah. So sometimes when it, it gets that thick, you get concerned about how moist it is, right? You lose some of the right. juice because you're so you're trying to cook it all the way through, but you lose a lot of that moisture. But I can see when you cut it. I mean, it literally sort of you know bled out all of that juice. Yep, it's perfectly pink. I mean, it, and that's just that's just gravy for the rice. That's all that is right there. Yeah, and I love me some red beans and rice. That's a nice. That's a that's a heaping portion, by the way, that you have there. Nicholas, Nicholas is almost done with his steak already. You clearly are my son. How is so? Tell me first about your steak. The steak was very good. It's just like any regular steak in Disney. Yeah. Well cooked. Look, looks like it's perfectly cooked. Nice medium rare. Right. So that's the way to eat it. Right. A really good steak. You don't want to. You know, kill the steak by making it brown. You want to enjoy that red. And again, too, it looks like it's got that nice sear on the outside, nice, um, nice color and moisture on the inside. And Deanna, you have um, a very pretty looking dish too with the catfish. It is the Cajun Bayou catfish. It has a nice little kick at the end. It comes with this really delicious um, spicy romulade sauce, another sauce on the side, and this um, elegant. 
sweet baby um, asparagus. Which is- it's not that I don't believe you, but this is my fork, and I would love for you to, to let me give that. And that's a big piece of catfish, too. Dip it in the sauce first, and you get all... Yeah, so this is not like a... Um, this is not like... How is everything? Mm. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Thank What's you. What's our favorite so far? Yes. The, um, well, you know what? That catfish is really good. I was, I don't, the shrimp and grits are like two completely different meals, right? It's the same food and different sauces, but they taste very different. That's obviously a lot creamier. That's got a nice little bit of, oh, look at why it's giving me some pork. Do you want Yay. Side of the barbecue? No, it's okay. These are my top three right here. Cabin Mm. Oh, you know what makes that? The pork is really tender, but it's like, and this is like a totally old, obscure reference. I just thought of the Brady Bunch, pork chops and applesauce. (laughs) That's really good. That catfish is very surprising. Um, Again, it's uh, it's a very light fry on the outside. It's not greasy. It's very, very light. It is not. It's not. Oh, it's baked. So okay. So it's not. And it's not a very fishy fish. And it's also not overly meaty like a swordfish. One more. Let me just. One more. Let me just dig into this little piece right here on the end. I want to try one more. Hmm. All right. Last but not least, I have about eleven pounds of jambalaya. With, I mean, two huge jumbo shrimp, two gigantic pieces of andouille sausage, lots of other pieces of chicken and shrimp, and, and, and as well, um, you can smell it. Oh, look at that. Oh, that's nice. So, so there's a lot of meat in here. Mmm. So I like some heat with my, with my jambalaya. Try that. That's really good. That's really, really good. I didn't have a lot of jambalaya when I was in New Orleans, but I like that. And it's also not dry. Sometimes you get the rice and it's very, very dry. Not here at all. That's really, really good. It has some nice heat at the yeah. end. The rice definitely has some good spice to it, and it is dry. Yeah. And it's a, I mean, this is a huge portion. Like, dare I say, Everything I'm not going to, yeah, like, I'm not going to finish this? Oh, God, this is going to taste so good at, like, 1230 tonight. Oh, yes. Yeah, right? yeah, the leftovers food is good. Netflix and jambalaya. That's the new Netflix and chill. Is that what we have going on here? <laughs> Netflix and jambalaya. So, this, so, I'm digging into the red beans and rice and the, the greens. The great thing about the greens is that they have the bacon and they have the onions in them, but they're not overcooked. They're not soggy. They're not mushy. Like the, you the say your greens have bacon in them? Uh, yeah. And you haven't shared yet? I, you had not fork chop. You have a fork. What, what's stopping you? Um, but like even you know the, the stalks and like you know they're holding their their texture. They're not you're not falling apart. And the right in the red beans and rice is just it's a great representation of red beans and rice. I love it. This is really really good, and you can tell because I'm like sniffling because it's just enough heat to like clear out the sinuses. But you guys have all been so distracted by the food in front of you that you overlooked the crawfish mac and cheese 
which is in like a giant like kettle full and I don't know what this yeah. what this sort of dusting is on top but mm. don't try you guys are not going to like this don't eat whatever you do stay away what do you do there's enough there's enough there for like 11 people there's a lot of mac and cheese in there Wait a minute. Is that actually a piece? So there's that. Look at that. That's what I was digging for right there. Nice big chunk of crawfish. So that's how you can tell. When you lift up your mac and cheese, when you get that little bit of the string of the cheese, you know it's just cheesy enough. Mm. How do we know when we've been cheesy enough? It's not easy being cheesy. No. You you said it. I um, I'm never gonna finish this, but I, let me. I gotta try the sausage. <laughs> You're full. Move that catfish over here. Jambalaya you can bring home. Catfish you can't. Mm. You also have a lot of. There's a lot of rice that came with your catfish too. Mm. That's really good. What's nice about the catfish is of everything we ordered, it's probably the lightest of the meals. Not that anything felt overly heavy. Marion's probably is the most just because it's so rich and creamy. I think that's enough to share. I think the I think the shrimp and grits is, is a shareable portion. Right? Marion, you gotta eat that whole thing. You can't you can't have your pudding if you don't eat your meat. No? You don't even, she doesn't even know what that reference is. You want to try some jambalaya? It's spicy. No? I am so happy. This is just more for me. Dad, do you want to try the um, crawfish mac and cheese? No, but I would love your opinion on the crawfish mac and cheese. It was very good. It was very rich and creamy. It had a little like drizzle of bacon bits on it. The crawfish was really good and juicy. And there's a, I mean, for a side portion, you got a lot of crawfish mac and cheese with sort of a, uh, the round sort of orichetta pasta. Thank you very much. Yeah, it was really like, there was a lot. There's a lot. The portions here are huge. Like, the portions are very, very big. Man, you literally look like you didn't even touch your food. So... Here. Now, there. Now I've touched it. Happy? What movie? What movie? What? There. Now I've touched it. Happy? Oh, God. It's, it's been a long week. Why are you... I, my brain's not working. The fact that you you all missed History of the World Part 1, Don't Get Saucy with Me, Bernays, yeah. and the brilliant Gene Wild, Wilder tapping his food, saying, there, I've touched it. Happy? But look, you haven't even touched your food. There. Now I've touched it. Happy? When we go home, we're having jambalaya and, and Mel Brooks movie. <gasps> yeah. Mel Brooks movie night. Yay. Please <laughs> yeah. Kids, you going to bed. No. All right, so um, any, uh, any, any thoughts on this? Wow. There's a lot of food left. The portions are exceptionally large. Uh, we all came in here famished, and nobody came 
close to finishing their food. Like, I'm going to finish I your cat. I'm not throwing in the towel yet. <laughs> yeah, man. I can't. Nicholas, you came close. Nicholas is the winner. Nicholas is the best at I'm not throwing my towel Winner, winner, catfish dinner. I'm eating a catfish just because it won't keep, but that, your shrimp and grits is going to taste so good tomorrow. <laughs> all right, so we all pretty much sampled from, this was like a community meal. We all sampled from each other's plates. Thank God no one's sick. What, um, Deanna, what was your favorite of all the things you tried from the entrees? So I have to say, um, the crawfish, crawfish mac and cheese was one of my favorites. It was a little heavy, but it was the cheese sauce was delicious. Um, and I have to say, the catfish was really good. It was light. The um, breadcrumbs that were on the top were it wasn't dry at all, and they had this um, lovely, as I said, sauce on the side. So I have to say, go with the catfish. I was hoping you were going to talk longer because I'm still eating jambalaya, Aileen. My favorite actually was the catfish and um, Ryan's pork chop. I thought the pork chop was really different, and I thought the collard greens uh, were really, really quite good. So um, those were my two favorite dishes. Mr. Matua, with a mouthful, you have a mouthful of pork chop. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so I'll go next. You know, I'm all over the place because I love jambalaya. And for me, I wanted something tonight that had a little bit of heat to it. And the jambalaya had that. I love rice dishes. There was a lot of meat in here in terms of the shrimp and the chicken and the, the big pieces of andouille sausage. I did not finish, which for Lou Mangello is like crazy, but I'm going to take this home. I did, like the, um, I did like the shrimp and grits. They were two very, very different. I think I liked Aileen's maybe a little bit more because it was a little bit lighter. Than the, than the one with the heavier cream. But I think that the crawfish mac and cheese was excellent. Um, there may have to be like a top five mac and cheese review for the show coming up. So that pork chop had a little bit of a spice to it. And I can't quite put my finger on exactly what it is. But I do have to say, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. That exactly is what I'm thinking. The Brady Bunch. Yeah, it's the pork chop is really good. I I did well with that, and the sides did really great with it. Aileen's barbecue shrimp and grits, I think, were were head and shoulders my favorite. Just you got that cheesiness. There's all kinds of vegetables in there. Like you're just, it's a it's a great combination of all the pieces. But uh, either that or my pork chop are are what sealed today for me. Are you looking at what I'm doing here? Look at this. I'm watching what you're doing. Look at look at these forkfuls of orange pasta. Little bits of crawfish on in there. Yeah, that's nice. I see that, but there was an excellent char on the pork chop, and it just—it's excellent. Macaroni and cheese with crawfish, like a. Did you ever actually go to a traditional New Orleans crawfish boil? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did I mention the greens had bacon in them? With the crawfish and the tail and the head, and you get the sausage and the potatoes and the mushrooms and the corn in there. Are you just going to bathe in it? Is that what you're going to do? Oh, that's like, that's a part of it. So I really enjoyed everything. I mean, I didn't have any of Nicholas's because it was just a regular steak, and then I wanted to have the, the mac and cheese. So for me, it was the jambalaya and the mac and cheese. I think the mac and cheese, was, was that a winner all around? It's worth the add-on for whatever it is that you get. We all seem to like the catfish. And the barbecue shrimp and grits 
interesting. So you all look like you're ready for a nap. Um, Aileen is still working on her very nice little beer flight there. Um, but, I, I mean, I think we owe it to you know those who cannot be here to at least take a look at the dessert menu. We have yep. to, right? It's, it's, uh, we have to do our due diligence and be, and, and be respectful. Yeah. And you're on your second Sazerac. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing fine. This is a nice night, right? You like this? Yeah. How was your shrimp and grits? It was good. And we're going to take that home. You have that a little bit later on, right? Get in your like, comfy little pans. You sit in front of the TV. You have some leftover shrimp and grits. It's a good time right there. What was your... What was the... the the, the What restaurant in New Orleans was your favorite? Um, I really liked when we did the crawfish boil, um, but I also really liked Stanley's a lot. What did you like there best? It was the, the gumbo? Um, I think I liked the oyster po' boy there the best. You know, we'll have to come now. Obviously, you can't get them here for dinner. We'll have to come back in the morning, try a little uh, beignet comparison, too. Right? That, I know, is one of your favorite things, right? Nicholas, Nicholas, all of a sudden, Nicholas just woke up. He's like, whoa, did you say beignets? Right? Was Brennan's your favorite meal? Yes. Was the Bananas Foster the, the best thing you ever ate in New Orleans? Yes. It was the best ice cream I've ever had. Like, in the world, in your whole life? In my whole life. To go back a second day just so that Nicholas could have banana bananas foster again. Yeah, Nicholas wanted banana. All this kid wanted was bananas foster on the last day we were there, and what it ended up being was a three-hour breakfast. <laughs> we ate insane amounts of food. Oh, hello, dessert menu. Well, if you insist, Stephanie. A finale from the Dessert Sisters. See, I love this man. It's all about story, even on the dessert menu. Yeah. Celia and Delia desserts were from a very wealthy and socially prominent family in New Orleans. I just thought of Princess and the Frog. They inherited a sizable sum from their father, Jean-Michael Dessert, who made his fortune in the sweets business. And they have a creme brulee with seasonal berries, banana pudding with vanilla wafers and caramelized bananas, red velvet cheesecake with bourbon vanilla cream, doubloon bread pudding, sorbet, Bourbon Street Pecan Pie and Joie de Vivre <gasps> Peanut Butter Mousse Wait a second and there's a second side? Oh my Stop it Alright slow Wait a second Wait a minute I just need a moment Hold on Read it slowly Very deliberately Take a deep breath Okay first of all they have New Orleans Chicory Coffee the French Press Pot serves two people if you remember a little Cafe Dumont I'm, I'm sweating not just from my jambalaya but out of excitement go ahead you can read you can read one from the back of the menu so I'm going to read this for the one and only Lou Mangello it is a fireball cocktail it is fireball cinnamon whiskey and rum chata cream liqueur interesting yes I'm, I'm being fanned um, I will read this one um, <clears throat> ladies this is for you or gentlemen, Godiva chocolate martini, Godiva chocolate liqueur, Stoli vanilla vodka, white cream de coco, and Frangelico. That is dessert in a glass right there. 
Ryan Gett, you read one. Want to read this one? All right. So I'll go with the banana spiced rum martini, Captain Morgan's original spiced rum, bowls cream de, min- cream de banana, and rum chata cream liqueur. And last but not least, you can you can read the last one. <laughs> oh, good. The Irish- Bailey's and coffee. <laughs> Bailey's Irish cream mixed with hot coffee. <laughs> Is it wrong that I just want one of? I'm not a, and I'm not normally a dessert guy either. Like I'm not really. I'm a, I would rather finish my jambalaya than have a dessert. That being said, I think that we need to order. Banana pudding. Wait, so Nicholas would like to order his, please. Can I please have the banana pudding? So you think this is going to maybe hold a candle to to Brennan's banana foster? Um, no. <laughs> Honestly, there you go. Uh, no. Um, Miss Aileen, what do you think? I happened to see the red velvet cheesecake go by, and not a, only is it the size of your face, <laughs> um, but it looked really good. So that would be the one that I would probably jump to. Oh, yeah, the red velvet always sounds good. Also, creme brulee. I'm always a sucker for a good creme brulee. Yeah. I am too. Oh, man. See, I almost wanted to get the pecan pie uh-huh. because it is a traditional southern favorite. We had it in New Orleans, so you want to almost compare. That being said, the joie de vivre peanut butter mousse cake is chocolate peanut butter mousse topped with a warm ganache. And by the way, it's pronounced pecan pie. You're right. You're right. I am I am not a true New Orleaner. All of our friends in New Orleans are, are cringing because I said pecan pie. I, but I was doing it from what movie? Sleepless in Seattle. Yeah. Ding, 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 ding. No, wasn't it Harry Sally? Oh. Yeah. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> you had the right people. I people. You didn't? No. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? You had the right decade. So okay. it was a movie. You had the fact that. <laughs> Marion, are you? Uh, are you feel? What? Which one of nothing? Anything on here? Which sounds? What sounds most delicioso to you? I think since I like pecans, I think the pecan pie sounds my favorite. Yeah, we did have a lot of pecans while we were there. All right, so what are we doing? What, what's the actual plan of attack? Because right now we've mentioned everything except the sorbet. We don't need bread pudding. And I don't think we need seven desserts. Although, oh, if they only did like a sampler plot. Um, can you? I'll take that. Please. I got Netflix later on, Stephanie. Come on. I got to finish Daredevil tonight. I think we should do three. Three? All right. So let, let's, let's vote. Okay, we'll do by show of hands. Creme brulee? Raise your hand. One, two, three, four. Curses. I didn't want creme brulee. All right. Banana pudding? One, two, three. That's next week. All right. Red velvet cheesecake. Everybody's hands went up. Dabloon bread pudding. Deanna, you voted for everything. <laughs> You're awful at this game. We should just count you out. Bourbon can't. Street pecan pie. Oh, Marion, all of a sudden she was waiting. Joie de vivre peanut butter mousse cake. The peanut butter people are... Oh, all the boys raise their hand for that one. Maybe they'll just bring us out like a little, a flight, a dessert flight. I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask if they can do a dessert flight. And I love the fact that Nicholas is still picking on the, the, the crawfish mac and cheese. 
And are we going to do an, an evening cocktail? Or are we going to do a... Um, I, I have mine already. You still have yours. <laughs> I'm about to finish my Sazerac, so... Actually, now, you know what? <sighs> Banana Spice Rum Martini sounds good, too. Captain Morgan Spice Rum? I think it depends on what your dessert is that you pay your cocktail. But we're getting every dessert, so... But if you don't get every dessert, I'm... So I've done Fireball and Rum Chata before, so I'm probably going to skip that one because I make that at home. But I'm thinking a Godiva chocolate martini and possibly a banana spiced rum martini. No, you're saying you're, you're shaking your head. No. Oh, you're still drinking your mule. You've got you have 11 beers left too. So, do we go Godiva chocolate or banana spiced rum? I I, I drink that at home. No, do the banana. I think do the banana. That's something. That's at least. Yeah. Um, somewhat New Orleans. Because <laughs> it has banana in it. New Orleans? Where do you get that? Alright. I, I, think we, I think we have a plan of attack. And the plan is attack. attack. <laughs> you stole my line. Did I steal your line? I'm sorry, Nicholas. We need a plan. We need a plan of attack. I have a plan. Attack. <laughs> oh. Try one more time. I Nicholas, we need a plan of attack. I have a plan. Attack. Awesome. Wait, wait. All right, Stephanie, listen. I, I have a... Um, so, in going through the dessert menu, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different desserts. We want them all, but we can't eat them all. What's the possibility of getting, like, in, in like, like a dessert flight? Like, a little sample of each? Because we want the creme brulee, and we want the cheesecake... And the pecan pie, and how do we not get the mousse cake? Like, I can skip the sorbet and the sorbet. <laughs> uh, I can find out for you. It wouldn't hurt to ask. Listen, and we don't need to split it, but a banana spiced rum martini, please. You want me to get one banana spiced rum martini? Yes, please. Out, and then I'll ask about the other desserts. That would be awesome. Okay, and this is all finished over here? No. <laughs> You have to put that to the box. No, I'll just keep eating it. We'll just, okay. she, she tried to take the mac and cheese. Don't, don't judge me, Aileen. Do you know how many little crawfish gave their little lives for that? And look, I still have a spoon. I, honestly, I would rather have the savory. It's so good. Ryan, it's murder on, it's murder on the hips, but... I am without speech. Oklahoma, these desserts are massive. So the pecan pie is a pie. It is not a slice of pie. It is a probably five inch or so wide uh, in diameter, three inch deep (laughs) uh, Bourbon Street pecan pie with a, I don't know, about six pounds of vanilla ice cream on top. Marion, you already very quickly dug into that. How is the pecan pie? Amazing. Like, you can smell it. Like, I can... Hold on a second. Less talk, more eat. Wait a minute. It's got a... This... Marion, wait a minute. This is... Oh. Mm Mm-hmm. That is warm. Oh, that is really good. And nuts are healthy, so that's got to be good for you. You 
the sugar and everything. No, 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 no. Don't talk about that part. That's really good. Wow, it's warm. It's like a cozy hug. It is like that is like southern comfort food. I don't mean southern comfort. I mean it's southern comfort food. Oh my gosh! And it's share. I mean, everyone is digging in. Like, by the way, did you notice that your son hasn't even like come? He is almost done. Save a little bit for the rest of us, if you could. This is so good. Look at how many pecans there are in here too. Aileen, you better get in here. Really nice crust. You know why? How you know it's cooked perfectly? Like there's just a, there's still, the pecans are somewhat crunchy, but they're a little soft. Once you start digging into them, yeah. I mean, I, I don't have anything to add to that. I mean, you have the nice cool, the ice cream. You have the pecans, which are really, really great. Because sometimes you can get, you know, when it's mass produced, you get the bitterness in the pecans. There's no bitterness here. Like it's just a well put together pie. I'm gonna wash this down with a little sip of my spiced banana. Something, something, martini. Which has, you can taste a little bit of the Captain Morgan spice rum. You mentioned Aileen tasting some of the cinnamon. That's from um, the the rum chata that's in there. And then there's a creamy banana liqueur. I mean, it's very much a a dessert cocktail. Definitely sweet, but it's, it's so delicious as a dessert. And, and it complements these desserts so wonderfully. That's right. So I don't know how I missed this because the red velvet cake was in front of me. Now there's half a red velvet cake in front of me. <laughs> how did you people do that? I had one bite. I don't know what happened there. So give me your thoughts as I start digging so, in here. Really what it, what it seems like is they made a red velvet cake and a cheesecake and you have two thin layers of each, so they cut them in half, and then they put them back together and mash it all up. And yeah, it's just very creamy, very rich. It's yeah, it's everything you're looking for. Like it's not like flavoring been added to the cheesecake. You have actual cake and actual cheesecake separately. So go ahead. So I think the nice thing about this is that the red velvet, as thick as it usually is, is so airy in this cheesecake. It's delicious. So it adds that extra fluffiness to the, the, like, you would think that the thick cheesecake, which is delicious. It's decadent. I also thought it was very decadent. Um, And I also want to reiterate, it's the size of your face. So if you want a very large dessert, um, this is the one I would get and also share. Uh, But taste-wise, it's exactly what you want from a cake and cheesecake combination. Yeah, she had to like carry these plates individually because they're so heavy. But the um, the cheesecake, I wasn't sure what to expect. If it was going to be a cheesecake with some red velvet on top, was it going to be sort of a layer? But you're right, it's a multi-layered cheesecake, and it's just like you know we come from the Northeast and from you know the New York, New Jersey area, where you get a really good like we got the cheesecake. That's really nice because it's not heavy. Um, sometimes you get very very dense cheesecake that you can't get through. I think you're right. I think the, the red velvet cuts it cuts the, the sweetness, but the um, the cheesecake portion of it still has that richness to it. Yep. <laughs> That's it. It's like, 
Wasn't there another dessert? Nicholas Peter Mangello. Did you, by any chance, say that the pecan pie... Pecan. Pecan pie was an actual pie? I did. If you, you couldn't hear me over the chewing going on that side of the table. Nicholas Peter, could we at least try this banana? No. Thank you, Nick. Now, this is what? This is banana... Cream now it's with caramelized bananas and wafers. Oh. Wait a minute. Nick. Hold on. Take the spoon back. Nick, we can try. How are we like it? Wait a minute, Nick. Look at my trash. It's so good. Mm. Why? What else do you have? Did we miss anything on the menu? I think you pretty much hit everything. So what's your favorite dessert? We should have asked you, Stephanie, but what's your favorite dessert? The banana pudding is actually in my top three. My favorite put, uh, my favorite uh, dessert is the doubloon bread pudding. Uh-huh. It's a strawberry bread pudding. has strawberries inside of it, cream cheese frosting, vanilla ice cream, strawberry sauce, and a doubloon chocolate. I miss that. So you're from Brooklyn. You know cheesecake. Right? We're from the North... Like, oh, so what's the, the cheesecake place that I'm thinking of in, uh, in, in Brooklyn? It begins with an F. Um, oh, God, I'm in a food coma right now. I can't even think. This is, this is really good. I don't think it's an F. Is it not an F? No. A G. A J. Somewhere. It's a J. Junior's. Junior's cheesecake. Yahtzee. F-G-H-I-J. It's all in the same center part of the early alphabet. You know what I meant. Listen. I am. I am literally in like a, a a food coma. Not in a bad way. Like I don't feel like I ate. I mean, we ate a lot. Um, we didn't finish everything either. But so, what was your favorite dessert? The pecan pie. Pecan pie. I'm gonna have to go with um, all three. The pecan pie. The bread pudding because I didn't try anything else. Oh, the banana pudding. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like the cheesecake, but you're right. That pecan pie was excellent. And you know what? That made me feel like New Orleans. Like, that reminded me of New Orleans. An honorable mention to the banana, the liquid banana pudding in the in the glass over here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a really nice comp. That banana liqueur, the banana martini with the pecan pie. Yeah. All right. So, the, I think the perfect meal, if this if this is up your, your Fulton Alley, is... Is the all the appetizers? No, no, no. no. gumbo and gumbo and the cheese. Pieces. Oh no! See, we never agreed on the appetizers. Oh, gumbo. How about gumbo and the pieces? Wait, wait. No. So the perfect meal is the appetizers. Whatever you get, you're going to be happy with. Okay. So then you have uh, as long as what I think your entree is. You're looking at either the catfish or the shrimp and grits. As long as you add in. As long as you add in the mac and cheese, the crawfish mac and cheese, finish it off with the pecan pie and the banana martini. Right, but make sure somebody else orders the cheesecake so you can at least have a taste of Correct. it. Correct. Yes. That's how you do it. And then I, what I would suggest, though, too, the, the missing part of the equation, you probably want to get a room here because you're going to need a nap so fast after it. So what you do is when you're done... Breakfast. Well, oh, we'll get... Oh, dude. But you come out, maybe take a little carriage ride, uh-huh. a little boat ride down, down the Sasagulam. You go see Bob. Go see Yeehaw Bob. Tell him I said hi. Um, or you go next door and go to the Scat Cat Club. Right? We haven't Stop been to the... Stop with the Cajun Campfire. Oh, my gosh. 
So, what of the two Port Orleans resorts, which is your favorite? It's Riverside, and it's the Alligator Bayou of Riverside, just because, you know, I'm that kid from Fort Wilderness, and this is kind of like that moderate, like, level of that same kind of in-the-woods feel to me, so. What about you? I really like French Quarter, but I have to say the rooms at Alligator Bayou are better. So, this is my favorite, because the food here is fab- fabulous, the atmosphere is wonderful, down here where Yeehaw Bob is, is just fantastic. You can meet down here with your family, friends, kids. They have games, checkers, chess down here during the day. So I love it here. Marion, Nicholas, which, which resort do you prefer out of the two, French Quarter or Riverside? Riverside. Um, I like this side more because I feel like there are, I don't know, I just always like... I, I, I don't know if it makes sense, but I've been on this side more than the other one, so I'm just used to it, and it reminds me of, like, things I would do when I was little, and I really like it. So, I like French Quarter for the theming, the architecture, the size. I like that it's small. Um, I I like the Scat Cat Club in terms of a a smaller lounge in the evening. Uh, It does not have a sit-down restaurant, which is something sometimes, especially with families, to consider. I love, like you, Alligator Bayou. Here, if you're going to stay here or in the mansions, I, I like that better. Everybody loves Yeehaw Bob's. Clearly, we enjoyed our meal at at Boat Rights, and there's also the um, oh god, I, I just drew a, I just drew a blank on the food court. Riverside Mill. Thank you, Riverside Mill. I was going to call it. It used to be called the um, the, the, the Colonel's Mill, the Colonel's something Cotton, 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 cotton Mill, mill um, which has its. It's um, it's counter service for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Beignets in the morning, BTW. So the other thing I also like about a lot of the resorts here is I'm not a big sit-down person, but when you have small children and your husband travels and they're at a conference and you need to travel with your small children, sit-down is nice because sometimes the counter service with a stroller can become difficult. So that's why I also love this resort because I have very fond memories of staying here when we would come together as a family and you had to take care of business. And you know what? The theming is different. The story is different. I think these resorts at night are beautiful to wander outside. You can take a boat from either of them down to Disney Springs. I think that's going to become a lot more important in the next 6 to 12 months as well. Uh, But I want to hear from you, listener. We saved a seat for you here with us. I hope you felt as though you were a part of the meal with us. Tell me, have you ever been to Boat Rights? Uh, And if so, what do you enjoy here? You can email me, lou at www.radio.com. But better yet, I'd rather you share your comments on Facebook or via Twitter at Lou Mangiello. Or better yet, I want you to call the voicemail at 407-900-9391. I want to hear that passion in your voice. Sell me on the Red Velvet Cheesecake. Tell me why the Sazerac here is your favorite or why. How did you people not finish the crawfish mac and cheese? Uh, And then when you're done doing all that, please go and visit MainStreetGazette.com, MainSTGazette. And you are at MainStreetGazette on CompuServe and Prodigy and and MySpace. Yes, and... and, uh, Usenet News Group. Okay, thank you. Yeah, don't forget, yeah, all the net groups, yes. Uh, and on the Instagram and on Facebook and Twitter, you can find me there. Awesome. And uh, they, can't, they can't find you. <laughs> like, if you can't find um, Ryan's wife, it's because she's not anywhere. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much, as always, for joining me. Um, listen, 
You know I love my food, but it really does taste better when you get to share it with family and friends. Uh, you who are at the table and you, my friend who is listening, uh, I hope to see you again for beignets and jambalaya back in New Orleans next year. Marketing calendar, February 5th, 2017. We'll be back. Oh, yes, we will be back. And now I need a nap. I literally need a nap. Some of you eat too, I think, so... for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World history or see how well you pay attention to the details, not just in what you see, but sometimes in what you hear. If you think you know the answer, you can enter for a chance to win a Disney prize package. Before we get to this week's question, let's go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So the last show was all about our top 10 Walt Disney World Resort lobbies, and your question was to tell me, what animal can be found on the chandeliers in Disney's Beach Club Resort Lobby? Well, again, nearly a thousand of you entered and got this one correct. You know, of course, that following the theme of the Beach Club, they are seahorses. I randomly selected one entry, and again, you are playing for the 102 Ways to Save Money for an At Walt Disney World book, all seven of my virtual audio tours of the Magic Kingdom, a WW Radio Magic Band cover, and one more Hong Kong Disneyland map. And last week's winner, randomly selected, is Kirsten Markham. So, Kirsten, congratulations. I will get your prize package out to you right away. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay. Forget about it. Put the past behind you because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. Let's go from the Beach Club Resort to Port Orleans Riverside Resort, staying in uh, the theme of this week's show where we ate at boat rights. So tell me, simple question, what is the name of the oh-so-lovely and wonderful and relaxing three-and-a-half-acre pool area at Port Orleans Riverside? It's that simple. You have until Sunday, May 1st at 11.59 p.m. If you go to www.radio.com, click on this week's podcast, show 444 You'll find an easy contest entry form right there. Or if you want to go old school, you can just email contest at WDW. So old school, right? Go old school. Uh, email contest at WDWradio.com. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you again so much for taking the time to tune in this and every week. I understand how valuable your time is and the fact that you choose to spend and share some of it with me means so very much. In keeping with the thanks, let's keep it going. I want to thank some new members of the WW Radio Nation family, including Lori Brandon, Tim, and John J. Smith. If you want to help the show and get cool, exclusive rewards every month, like scavenger hunts, access to our private Facebook group, personalized magic band covers, logo gear, t-shirts, care packages every month from Walt Disney World and more. You can visit www.radio.com slash support. 
In addition to the show, please go to www.radio.com. Check out our multiple daily blog posts. We have a great team of writers there. Also, please join me every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern as I broadcast live on Facebook. You can follow me at facebook.com slash Lou And I am also at Lou on Twitter, Pinterest, and Instagram. If you have a question you want answered on an upcoming show, whether it's about your next Walt Disney World vacation, Walt Disney World history, or trivia, you can email me, lou at www.radio.com. And if you want to be heard on the air with a question, a comment, or just a hello from the parks, you can call the voicemail at 407-900-9391. That's 407-900-WDW1. Also, as much as I love connecting with you online and having the conversations continue there, nothing beats a handshake and a hug, and that's why every month I continue to do monthly meetups in Walt Disney World as well as other events on the road. Now, I don't have May's Meet of the Month in Walt Disney World date set as yet. Stay tuned to Facebook and Twitter and the events page at www.radio.com for more information. But I am going to be traveling and doing some meetups and events on the road. I am going to be in Minnesota from May 28th through June 1st. I will be keynoting at the TBEX Travel Bloggers Exchange Conference. We'll likely be doing a meetup probably in or around the Mall of America in Chicago the week of July 15th. We'll be doing some events there around the Rock and Roll Half Marathon. I'll have more information about exact times and locations coming soon, but if you are interested in joining us, please go to facebook.com slash Click on the events tab. Let me know that you're interested in coming there. I'll also be speaking in Orlando on June 4th, and then our e-ticket adventure is November 4th from New York City on the Disney Magic down to Puerto Rico. For more information, visit www.radio.com slash e-ticket16. That's e ticket 16 and speaking of cruises and special events i am super excited to announce our next WW radio on the sea cruise we're gonna do my favorite itinerary of all the five night double dip at castaway key so you can join us june 25th through 30th 2017 it is a five night bahamian cruise from Port Canaveral with two stops at Castaway Key on the Disney Dream. I love this itinerary. I love Castaway Key. I love the fact that school will be out, so it's a great time to either come alone with your spouse, with your friends, or bring the entire family. For more information and a free, no-obligation quote, visit www.radio.com slash 2017cruise, 2017 cruise. You can get a free no obligation quote there. And if I can come to maybe speak at your conference to your school or consult with you or your business, visit loumangelo.com. You can find out how to book me to speak or maybe how I can help you turn your passion into your profession with personal mentoring and group coaching. Again, that's loumangelo.com. Thanks as always to Becky Mankin and her team from mousefantravel.com. Whether you're going to World Land Adventures by Disney or any destination on the planet, they are who I recommend because they are who I have used for nearly 10 years. You can find them over at mousefantravel.com. And to get Celebrations Magazine delivered right to your door, visit celebrationspress.com. And finally, and most importantly, my biggest thanks goes to you uh, because I cannot do this show without your love and support and friendship. And as always, my friends, and you are my friend, whether we have met yet or not, all I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word. Let others know about it. Tweet out that you're listening. Share links over on Facebook with your friends. And please take 30 seconds to rate and review the show over on iTunes. 
thanks to you, we have more than 1,100 five-star reviews. You did it again. We hit number three overall in iTunes among the more than half a million podcasts around the world. So thank you. I want to thank some recent reviewers like Randy F79, K Fillin, Casey from Michigan, FIFA1988. Missy Mo4 says she loves the last words at the end of the podcast because it makes her believe in all the magic in Walt Disney World and around the world. So, Missy, thank you. Mike McPherson, Alaska Racer, and Lula Bell 2000 from the United Kingdom says she's the first time she's ever reviewed a podcast, but she really felt that the show deserved praise. Lula Bell, everybody else, thank you so, so very much. If you want to leave a quick review, visit www.radio.com slash iTunes for a direct link to iTunes and instructions on how to do it, or just search for WW Radio in iTunes. And finally, and most importantly, I need to say thank you again. Uh, I would not be here and be able to do what I do without you and the support and the friendship and the love that I feel that you give me in so many different ways. And I hope that you are taking small steps every day to get wherever it is that you want to be, whether it's in your personal life, your career, a job, a hobby. And don't think that it's too late or I should have started. It doesn't matter. Right? There's no better place to start than exactly where you are. All you have to do is get up, get started, and start heading down the road that's going to take you wherever it is that you want to go. Have faith. Believe in yourself. And as Walt always said, always keep moving forward. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you have an amazing week. I hope to see you on Facebook Live on Wednesday night. So until next time, see ya. Hi, Lou. It's Stephen from London. Just wanted to say that the podcast is great. Listen to it every day on my way to and from work. Great job, man. Keep it up. Loving it all the way over in England. Hope to meet you soon at one of the meet of the months. Take it easy. Have a good one. Hi, Lou Mangello. This is Jessica Pickheron from New York City. I'm calling you from my balcony at the Contemporary Resort. We got upgraded to the club level. I'd like to think because it was my birthday. Um, we were here celebrating my birthday and I just wanted to thank you because I think you've changed my whole Disney food game because we tried the pot roast mac and cheese and the barbecue chicken mac and cheese at the Friars Nook at the Magic Kingdom and they were glorious. So I just wanted to call and say thank you for that and thank you for your amazing podcast. It always brightens my day whether I'm planning a trip or just want to think about Disney. Thanks so much. Bye. Hi Lou, this is Chip, a listener up in Illinois. I just listened to the episode you and Ryan did about uh, extinct non-attractions in the parks, and I've got to give a shout-out because as I say this, I think the Earful Tower at Disney's MGM Studios, that's right, I called it that, is coming down, I'm assuming, right now. I was just down there a few weeks ago and said goodbye. This is, uh, man, this is a tough one for me. I remember as a kid growing up watching the Disney Channel and seeing things like Mickey Mouse Club and and all the other shows that were shot in the studios down in Orlando. And at the end of each episode, they would say, you know, filmed at Disney MGM Studios, and we'd get that shot of the water tower. And I, I, the first time I went down to the parks, I was so excited to see that, probably even more than I was to, to see the castle, Cinderella's castle at Magic Kingdom, to be perfectly honest, or even Spaceship Earth at Epcot. That was the weenie or the icon that I was, I was most anxious and so excited to see. And, uh, I'm sad to see it go. I kind of knew when they made the announcement for the new stuff that it was it was possible. Um, and gosh darn it, it's happening. So uh, plenty of pictures, plenty of memories of the thing. And uh, but it seemed like a, a perfect.
perfect icon to bring up and mention. Uh, been listening to you since 2007. Uh, still love what you do. Always have, always will. Take care. Thanks a lot. Hey, Luce. One of your listeners here, Summer, calling from Alabama, um, from show um, Extinct Non-Attractions. And something I always loved when I went, um, this is to the studios, when it was in GM Studios, um, I don't know how long it was there, but I went in the summer of 92, and it was a shop right as you were walking out on the left. And you could go in and make a video, like do your own little stage show. And you didn't have to make a video, but they recorded it. And um, then, of course, you could pay for the video. But my little sister and I did one, and the whole trip we fought like cats and dogs. But we have that video of us at um, an NGM getting along and being silly and goofy. And we still have that VHS. And it was um, just a fun memory. And I'm kind of sad that we, you know, they're not able to do that anymore. But it was actually in a store because I was just kind of browsing around watching some people act on stage. And the lady was like, do you want to do it? And I said, heck yeah. So love the show. Thanks. Keep um, keep on doing what you're doing. And have a magic week. Bye. You got-